0: Welcome to Unscripted with Pastor Nate Morris. Here each week we engage in candid conversations with Nate, focusing in on some of the subjects brought up in the Sunday morning teaching shared at Mountain Life Calvary Chapel. Have you ever felt like God was far off and you needed to do something big or special in order to get close to him? Well, maybe it's possible that God is closer than you think and he's trying to speak to you, but your world has become so noisy that you can't hear his gentle whisper. In this episode of Unscripted, we discuss whether we need to do great things to reach God or hearing God speak to us is much simpler than we realized. Let's join the conversation now.
1: Well, hey, Nate, you ever get stressed out? Never, <laughs> never. Although I will say between the intro music for this podcast and the intro music for this last sermon series, I feel like I should, you know, take some dance take, lessons, have some dance moves.
0: Yeah, yeah I know. definitely. Now we we vibe like that here. <laughs> That's how we do it. <laughs> never get stressed out. Never, ever. That seriously never. is the, the intro question for this week. Are you a person I guess it's not as much about stress, but are you a person that likes to be busy? Or are
1: you a person that really enjoys a good chill? Ah, That's a good question. I think I like my brain to be busy. So yeah. it doesn't have to be like task. You know, I don't actually get that much. Like my wife is very task oriented and she likes to do a project or even like on a, like a date night or something. She's like, Hey, how about if we like reorganize the, the 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 guest bedroom or do something fun like to her that stuff's fun that's a date like, night. like no no that's not a date night We're not that's <laughs> strike that we should like delete that if my wife going through this, files she's gonna be like what are you describing <laughs> I, me as I, no we like to do fun stuff but she likes to do she likes <laughs> to do tasks and projects and like check things off and like she gets a sense of accomplishment from that and enjoys it yeah i'm not so much like that but i do like to keep busy more so i, I yeah. you know i like to i like resting and relaxing but you know I think I, I, I more of a kind of keep my, my mind going. A little so,
0: so if you, let me give you a scenario. You tell me how you react in this. Uh, the grandparents got the kids. So mm-hmm. you got no kids at home. Uh, the, the wife has uh, meetings all day. So she's busy. And you were surprised with all this downtime with just nothing to do is that. Like yes,
1: or is that like oh man, I need to find something to do. I'd probably find something to do. Yeah, but I'm learning more and more to to take advantage of those types of times. Yeah, it's funny because my wife is more productive than me, but when she has intentional time like that, she will choose to, to. rest like she doesn't get it very often because we have she homeschools our kids and (laughs) like always busy with ministry stuff and all these different things but like when we go on vacation or something like that she truly will unplug and just rest and i'm kind of like we'll go on vacation and i'm like I want to experience everything. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, here's the list of all this. So we kind of had to balance out where it's like, okay, one day we're going to rest. The next day we're going to do something. That's, yeah. So do, funny. You,
0: do you get fidgety and stuff? Like if you're just like chilling at the pool or something, or can you just like, really if, just I'm reading lay there a, and... if I'm
1: reading a book, I can do that. Okay. So I, I like reading a book and laying out. I can, I can handle that. Yeah. so, so
0: Got to keep that mind going.
1: Yes, totally. Okay. Yep.
0: <laughs> well, that kind of goes to the the subject for this last uh, teaching in the series of get out of your head is that ability to just be quiet. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, it scares me to death. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I am definitely not that kind of person. Uh, it's just so great going through uh, First Kings 19 and, and looking at Elijah over the last four weeks. I, I just... I've really appreciated digging so deep into this story of Elijah and looking at all these things, and so many new things popped out to me. I was really surprised at uh, how much new revelation was in that story that I had heard so many times. But, you know, Elijah, he, he had this great ministry event, and then he got this threat from the wicked Queen Jezebel. It's funny how some of the names in the Bible you don't hear anymore. Like yeah. People don't name their kids Jezebel. Yeah. You really don't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or Judas. Yeah.
1: No, no even Judas. though there
0: were a lot of good Judases, but yeah. anyway. Um, and so then Elijah, you know, he runs away, runs a hundred miles, uh, walks, leaves his servant, walks another 20 miles, lays down under this bush and says, I want to die. And then the angel of the Lord meets him there gives him some food, he takes a nap, gets some more food, takes another nap. And then he goes off on another that you shared with us this week, uh, another 200-mile journey yeah. to the mountain of God, also known as Horeb or Sinai. Yeah. Sometimes I wish they would just, you know, just figured out name. one name. Just one name, seriously. <laughs>
1: how hard is that? Uh-uh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and you talked about that he probably made this another 200-mile trek, just crazy to think about uh, because that was the mountain of God that's where Moses heard from the Lord and everything and that that Elijah probably thought he needed to go there because he really wanted to to hear from God and then you you related that to to how often we feel like we have to do something like that mm-hmm. in order to hear from God why do you why do you think we're like that why do you think we're prone to to thinking that we have to go to a certain place or do some kind of certain thing in order to connect with God? Why does that yeah. happen so much? I mean, it's
1: so easy for us to fall into that. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I do want to clarify on that. I had one one person come up to me after service and it's like, well, what if Elijah was really, but if it wasn't that he was like, you know, in the wrong and only going for that, I was definitely reading into the text there, but I think that the, the implication is there by God's response to Elijah. Like, why are you here? Why did yeah. you come here? You know, yeah. um, but it doesn't specifically say that Elijah felt like he needed to get to God. And it doesn't say that he felt like he had to go that 200 miles because of that. But I think you can see the implication there in the text. And that's kind of why I took that mm-hmm. angle with it. I'm not saying that's the only right way to read that, but, right. um, but I do think that we feel like we have to do a certain thing in order to get to, to the Lord. And, and I think part of that is because I think it comes down to our sin nature and recognizing that we are on our own cut off from God. Like there's yeah. part of us, I feel like that knows that God is holy and we're not. And right. there's a distance between us and him. Now, even as a believer... Because we carry our sin nature with us still, I, I think that there we still feel that at mm-hmm. times. Even though the distance has been removed by the cross, um, we still feel our sinfulness and our separation from true holiness, yeah. even though positionally we've been made holy. And so we, we kind of feel like God is far off um, and that if we want to get to God, we want to hear from God, we want to receive from God, that we've got to somehow get ourselves there. Mm. I wonder too if sometimes it it has to do with
0: we like having God in certain places and not other places. Absolutely. We like to have him at church and we'll see you next week
1: (laughs) and and then go about our business Yeah, and not... You mean so kind of like keeping God at bay a little bit, almost like not even so much as... I have to go to God, but I'm going to keep God at arm's length. Yeah, And then when I need him, I'll go to him. But right. otherwise I don't, yeah, I hadn't even thought about it like that, but that's a really, uh, you're probably right. And I don't think that's intentional. No, It's more no. subconscious because yeah. if we give God full access, then there's a lot of stuff that's going to come to light that we may not want to deal with. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just interesting. I, I love studying human nature and behavior mm-hmm. and those types of things. But I just, as you were talking about that, I was thinking that you know, and, and I felt like you clearly communicated that that was your thoughts on not, you know, thus saith the Lord, but that what you yeah. thought about the
1: text. <laughs> well, and a lot of times when it's in a narrative, that's kind of what you're doing. Like this is yeah. a narrative text. It's not saying this is what God says, but, but yeah. I did want to clear just cause I had one guy that had a question. Like, I, I want to challenge you a little bit on this. Is this yeah. really? And I'm like, I- this is just kind of what, the way that I'm reading this. Right, so. right. But it does, it fits
0: our human nature that yeah. we think we have to crawl on our knees, you know, and, and there's something, I think a control uh, aspect yeah. to that of like, we are in control of when we approach God and yeah, then he can't touch right. our lives somewhere else. But uh, I, I thought that, you know, going along with this narrative and this thought process of uh, what Elijah was doing You know, I thought it was interesting that Jesus, uh, the angel of the Lord, a Christophany, uh, Jesus in the Old Testament, uh, told Elijah that the journey was too great for him. Mm -hmm. Um, That that stuck out to me when you were teaching this yesterday. And uh, do you think that Jesus was trying to stop Elijah from continuing on by saying that? Um, You know, like, because that was, he gave him the food and... And the the drink and, mm-hmm. and you know, the nap. And and he was like, the journey's too great for you. And I just w- wonder your opinion on that. Again, this is, yeah. the, thus say the Lord, but, you know, do you think Jesus was trying to go, hey, man, what you doing? Why don't you yeah. stop, you know?
1: I that's a, I, when I read that, that line for me, um, I saw that Jesus knows what Elijah's doing. And he's saying, hey, you're not going to get there on your own, on your own, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's just too much. You need to rest. You need to eat. You got to like mm-hmm. get refilled. You're not going to be able to make this journey that you're, that you're going for. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that's a, the way that you mentioned it is another way to look at it too. That's, that's equally valid. It's just like, Hey, like this is, this is a big thing that you're trying to do and you might not need to, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. like here I am in a sense, but. Um, it's hard to say exactly, but I think either way, either way you could look at it Mm -hmm. like that, you know?
0: Well, let's, let's say that, uh, God did want him to go on, on this little quest, Mm -hmm. this vision quest, so to speak. Um, does God ever call us to journeys that are too great for us? Or is the Bible verse true that he doesn't give us too much more than we can? I'm just kidding. There's no Bible verse. That says that. That's not in the Bible. Paul. That's not in the Bible. How did you I get that no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's going to be on my performance review. Yeah, there I can you tell. go. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. He calls us to more than we can handle to things that are too great for us. And I think, I mean, Jesus could have stopped Elijah here and just said, you need to not go any further. I'm here. You don't have to. And I think that he allowed him to go that extra 40 days, that extra 200 miles so that when he got there, he would realize you're looking for me in all these big things. And I'm just right here in the stillness. You didn't have to come all this way. Why are you here? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I I feel like Elijah might not have really gotten it unless he'd been allowed to go there. So. But yes, absolutely, he does call us to things that are too big for us, too hard, too difficult. Hundred percent, yeah. Because Why? We, he wants us to, to lean on him. You know? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that was my next question. <laughs> Why would God do such a thing to yeah. us? because he wants us. He wants us to, to be fully dependent on him mm. and his strength and walking in his power, not in our own strength. So. Yeah. It's it's so interesting to me because
0: so I w- I would say it's hard to find a person who is not trying to structure their life where nothing is too great for them. Like Mm -hmm. where they have control of everything and they're, they're living in comfort and ease and they do everything, myself included to avoid anything that is too great for me. Right. And, uh, like how are we ever going to learn about the, the power of God. If we never walk into those things that are too great for us, yeah, absolutely. Um, you talked about how we don't need to go somewhere to find God, because regardless of what was happening with Elijah, that is true, because God is always with us. How is that? How is you know? It's I like to sometimes in this this program uh, deal with some of these things that, that we just say that I wonder, like if there's some people who are like, what, how, how is that? What, what is that? How yeah. is, how is God with us? Like what, what is that? Like, explain that to me. Like I'm a five-year-old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. I, I think that, well, one God is what, what the Bible describes as omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere. So mm. there's nowhere that God is not, um, and so, because of that, that we can say that he's always with us in that sense. But uh, for those who have put their faith in Christ, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and he takes up residence in our hearts and literally lives inside of our being, our essence. Um, you know, we looked at uh, last week from that that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. That that. We essentially are the place that the Holy Spirit takes up residence and dwells and lives in and through us. And so um, I think a lot of times we don't act like that and we don't live like that's the truth and we don't practice that and experience that. But, but it is the fact that he's always with us and he is, I mean, in a, in a sense that we can't fully understand in us, you know. Um, and that's where, as believers, we've received that gift of the the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he He has been with you, but He will be in you when He spoke to the disciples. And um, His presence never leaves. If we've placed our faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is always with us, and He's there to teach us and to um, to encourage us and to comfort us and to lead us and direct us. So, what about
0: the? the sense of feeling his presence yeah is that (laughs) something that we should always feel if he is always with us should we always feel it or like what do you think about that like you know if you told a christian god is with you and they're like well i don't feel like it Mm -hmm. like is that is something off there should they
1: feel it yeah i mean the 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 air is always with you but do you feel it? I mean, you might feel it on a really windy day blowing Ooh. past you, you know? <laughs> right, but the, right. but I mean, we're sitting here in a quiet room right now recording this podcast and I don't cool. feel yeah. the yeah. air around me at all. You know, there's yeah. times when I feel it pretty strongly, but I don't feel it right now. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not there, yeah. you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I think the same thing is true with the way that God moves in our lives. And it's it's kind of, you know, there's times when like if my son is playing peacefully in my yard, just kind of hanging out, throwing a football, doing whatever I might look out and kind of take joy in what he's doing and, and, and just observe
0: mm-hmm.
1: and not say anything. I might not interact with him in that moment, mm-hmm. but if I see him run out into the street, you know, and I see a car coming, I'm going to step out and I'm going to yell, get out of the road, you know, or whatever it is, I might go and push him out of the way, yeah, you know? Yeah. And I think sometimes God is, is like this in a sense where, he might be speaking in a, in a season in a really strong way because he needs us to hear what he's mm-hmm. saying. And there might be other seasons where it's just a matter of just, he is enjoying us as we are called to enjoy him. And it might not be a feeling that you get as much as just a fact that yeah. he's with us, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I was just thinking about like, I I don't hardly ever go to movies at theaters but when I do go to a movie at a theater, like I don't think I've ever gone to a movie by myself. Mm-hmm. I know some people do that, but I always go with somebody that I like. Yeah, you know. And I, when I'm sitting in the movie, I'm not. So, really... Paul,
1: you've never invited me to a movie before. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> I never go to movies. <laughs> <laughs> when you go, you go with somebody you like. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: Gone with my wife. Yes. Okay. Okay. um, But anyway, that uh, like you're not paying attention to the person sitting next to you, but you're glad they're there. Yeah. Your focus is on the movie. And maybe it's like that for us, that when God is with us, you're like, we're glad he's with us in life and stuff, even though we may not be Mm -hmm. just fully focused and aware of his presence there, but so glad he is with us. Uh, So Elijah, when he, when he got to the, the cave to the mountain and uh, he had that interaction with God when God said, you know, question him and asked him that question. We, you know, uh, why are you here? <laughs> I love that. I love putting personality to those <laughs> things, whether mm-hmm. it's accurate or not. I don't know. They've never asked me to do a episode of mm-hmm. the chosen, but um, mm-hmm. the, I just sense God's like, uh, he, Elijah, what are you doing here? And Elijah just, you know, vomits, you know, just like, oh, rah, rah, and vents all over God mm-hmm. about all these things. Um, you know, he he sounded when he was venting Elijah, like he thought life just wasn't fair for him. And you you mentioned that in the yeah. teaching. Should we expect God to make things fair in our lives? That word fair, you know, is that something we should expect in life? for things
1: to be fair for us? I hope not. (laughs) Man. (laughs) We have, we have a very warped sense of what is fair because we think that fair is getting what we want and fair would be getting what we deserve. Yeah. And the reality is that for every human being what we deserve is something that we really don't want. Mm -hmm. You know, we deserve eternal separation from God in hell. That's what we deserve. And so I don't want fair. I mean, (laughs) we can talk about fair and we can look at, well, this person got that and I didn't get that. And that's not fair. Yeah. Maybe it's not fair, but you know, you're not the the fact that you are forgiven and saved and set free is not fair. You know? And, um, so no, we don't want fair. And, I realize that that's kind of a a little bit of an answer that some people are not going to like because it's like, well, yeah, but life is still hard and why can't God make it easier? And and, you know, you're just making light of that just to say, well, you should just be happy that you're saved. Well, yeah, you should be happy that you're saved. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you understand that and you understand the heart of a God that would give his son to save you, that whatever else comes into your life, you can trust that it's got good implications or a good outcome that he will bring through it, you know, whatever it is, if he w- if he wouldn't withhold his own son from you, what else would he possibly withhold from you? There's a scripture says, I mean, if he, if he wouldn't mm-hmm. keep back his own son, is there any other good thing that he wouldn't give us? <laughs> no. And so if you don't have it, then it's not good for you. Mm. It's the bottom line, mm-hmm. you know? And so the, the, the idea of fair, just, I, I get there too. We feel like that. Yeah. Why God, why me? Why this? Why? It's not mm-hmm. fair, but That's just, that's just when we get into like little temper tantrum mode, you know, Yeah, we kind of become full grown toddlers and, you know, expect, expect things to be the way we want them is really what it is.
0: Yeah. That's the word, right? Expect the expectations. And, you know, Elijah's thing was, man, God, I've, I've really faithfully served you. And, and like, I don't feel like this is working out for my benefit. Is that, you know, specifically in that regard, like when a Christian uh, gives their life to the Lord and surrenders themselves to the Lord, should they expect good things to happen in their life? Should they get a, a promotion and, and should their car work all the time, and never get a fly. Speaking tire. from experience here, Paul? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: like you know, because and I, I think the reason I, I'm motivated to ask that question is that I I feel like that's sometimes the the narrative that's that's put out there. Like, give your life to Jesus, so that then your life, everything will be good. You know, like yeah,
1: and I've never understood that because Paul the apostle said you know, like, and he's talking about this life only, right? But he says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we of all men are the most pitiable, is what he said. (laughs) So what he's saying is like, if our hope in Jesus is in things here and now on earth, then man, that's not really much hope at all, is what is essentially what Paul said. And I I think he's making a point there. He's going kind of overboard because there are blessings and there are goodnesses of God that we experience in this life. But his point is like, you know, Looking for this blessing from God in this life and looking at that as being the evidence of God's goodness is not the way that we should be looking. You Mm. know, it's honestly if if in this life is where our blessing is, we should be pitied. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So how do
0: how do you think we got there? I know this this kind of off the main subject of your teaching and stuff, but yeah, how do you think we got to that place where we're just like we think, well, now that I'm a Christian, then everything's gonna be unicorns and rainbows.
1: I think that there's a couple, there's a couple reasons we got there. I think one is the, that well, one is the prevalence of that prosperity gospel name it and claim it stuff that, that has trickled down even into your kind of mainstream evangelicalism um, because it's a popular teaching. And I think that even many people who would decry that type of teaching and say, that's a false gospel, um, still believe some of the implications of that line of thinking Mm. subconsciously or something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like if I, if I trust in God, then everything's going to, then I'm going to make, I'm going to be healthy and wealthy and Mm -hmm. highly favored. You know, it's not that they believe that necessarily, but it's kind of like, well, if I, if I honor God and I serve God, then I should be getting something out of it. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we just kind of fall into this line of thinking, you know, that God's going to bless me if I, do the right thing. And I say the right thing, but that God blesses you because he's a God that blesses. And it's really, has nothing to do with you Um, because what you deserve is not blessing, you know, the bottom line. And so God gives us abundant and miraculous and amazing blessings in life, but they're because he's God and he's good, not because of us and not because we did anything or will do anything. Um, And so the idea I think that's got part of it. The other part of it is, is a little bit more subtle. And that is that we believe that God is love and we know this and we know that, that it says that he gives good gifts to his children, right? And that he's a loving father and he cares for us. And so we go through things in life that, that are difficult and hard. And we say, well, I wouldn't let my child go through this Mm. or I wouldn't have this. I wouldn't allow this to happen to somebody else. So therefore God, why would God allow this? And, you know, I don't really understand that. And that's what happens is we we kind of put ourselves in the position of God Mm. and say, well, if I were God, I wouldn't let that happen because that just seems wrong. And that's a really dangerous place to be because what we're doing is judging God by us the creation you know right, right. and who are we to tell him what's right and who are we to tell him what what love is and he has such a greater perspective than we do such a bigger vision than we do we yeah. just we can't even see the half of it and we think things in this life are so important and God just knows that it, it, it's it's a speck on the timeline of eternity that is insignificant, really, so and yet he cares about it that's the amazing thing, but um I mean I've often thought about this as just kind of getting way off subject, but I've often thought about death, for example, because we think of somebody who lived a full life, died in their late eighties or early nineties or something like that, of natural causes is like man that's a that's a blessing, right, but we think of somebody who died young as tragedy
0: yeah
1: but what do we really believe about death what do we do we really believe that what the bible said is that like what paul says you know like to be absent from the body is be present with the lord it's better for me to go home and be with jesus than to be here Mm -hmm. that's what paul said you know and i think i i don't think that we really believe that 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 it that death is a blessing for us as christians and it's hard to talk about that, you know, because it seems weird and it seems wrong. But if we really had that proper theology of what death is, I think we would probably change our mindset about that. And we wouldn't think about it as tragedy as much. The tragedy is that we miss those people. You know what I mean? That's not a tragedy for them. A person who missed out on 60 years of pain and heartache in this earth, you know, (laughs) it's like, no, they got to go and experience eternity with the Lord. Right. So, um, Yeah. So I don't know. That got way off subject. (laughs) All right. Let's get back to subject. Uh,
0: So God didn't shout at Elijah, but he spoke in a still small voice Mm -hmm. to him. Uh, What all is involved in us quieting ourselves so that we can hear that whisper of God? Yeah. Like what, what all do we need? to do to get ourselves into that place where we can hear that still small voice
1: we need to walk 200 miles <laughs> <laughs> um so man this is something that is so simple and so seemingly complex at the same time and i it goes back to your question about feeling the presence of god and so, on one hand, I don't think that we need to feel God's presence all the time. You know, like we don't need to to have this this sense that God is with us and, and supporting us. And I mean, sometimes those are really nice experiences to have, but that's not the um, that's not the, the the point of it. But in another sense, I really believe that there is a sense in which you can experience God's presence with you mm-hmm. at any given time and you might not feel it like some deep you know warm tingly feeling <laughs> right right but i have found in those moments when i'm willing to just shut out every other voice and sit for even just a couple minutes mm-hmm. and and just invite the lord to to speak that 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 i do experience him and this is this is experiential again I'm not quoting scripture here. This isn't like some new doctrine or teaching <laughs> I'm introducing. But the Holy Spirit lives in us and he's always with us. And it says he will teach us like all the things that Jesus has sh- shown us. He He will bring to our remembrance these things. He will be our comforter. Mm. He will be the 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 paraclete is the Greek word, which is this like, not a parakeet, <laughs> not a companion like that, but like our, our like the one that comes alongside and is with us mm-hmm. constantly. And if he's really with us, I believe that there is a sense in which we can experience that. Yeah. Now, um, again, I don't want to like lead people into thinking they need to go and have some, ex- like look for some experience. You know, this mm-hmm. isn't like a mystical thing, you know, go take some like, weird cactus and hide in a tent for five days or something like that. That's not what I'm saying here. But, but, I, but I do think like just silencing everything else, sitting for a few minutes and allowing God the space to just be in your life is something that you can experience God's peace, the peace that surpasses understanding. Yeah, it's the
0: word that's coming to my mind
1: is focus. Like
0: it's an issue of focus, uh, you right. know, Like you mentioned your example on Sunday of, uh, you know, a tax bill. You know that mm-hmm. becomes your focus. Totally. it's just like all of a sudden anxiety, fear, uh, you know, anger because it's wrong. <laughs> you know, just yeah. all of those things because you're focused on that. But then you shared that verse at the end of the teaching about um, whose mind is stayed on God. That's the person that's kept in perfect peace that that's what in my mind, that's kind of what I'm, I'm thinking about is like that stillness and that quiet isn't just sitting there in stillness and quiet thinking about the tax bill, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but just changing your focus. And that's what I'm wondering. And I asked you the question last week and I've been thinking about it ever since every time I, I run, like what was that thing that you said there was there was a term that you used that they talk about that when you are oh flow flow. yeah yeah that there's a flow state is what it's flow state there you go um that that's where it helps me to focus when i'm like jogging Mm -hmm. i can focus on the lord more for some reason i don't know why but if i just sit Sometimes it's hard for yeah. me to really focus in on the Lord. I get distracted really easily like totally. that. And so do you think that that's a, a healthy thing to do for people just to figure out what is that thing that helps them get focused? Because I, I struggled for many years, you know, trying to do a quiet time yeah, and just sit there. And just be quiet with the Lord, and I just like I think about hamburgers. I think
1: about <laughs> right, you know, totally, totally. Um, yeah, so. <clears throat> I think um, so. Here's the here's a here's a uh, an interesting thing is I think sometimes even even now somebody's going to take this out of context and say <laughs> that Pastor Nate's saying not to read your Bible. That's not what I'm saying. Please understand that's not what I'm saying. But I think that sometimes we can even sit and do our, our devo time and we read and we study and we dig in and we're parsing Greek verbs and we're looking at these (laughs) things and like trying to figure out the meaning and stuff. And we miss even the presence of God in the scriptures at times because of what our focus is. Focus is a great way to to describe it because when I, when I'm studying the Bible, what is my focus? Am I looking for what God wants to speak and encourage me Mm -hmm. with, or am I looking for understanding and really trying to dig into what the, the meat of the topic is. I mean, there was a, there was a, a Devo I read this morning that was, it had a, a topic in it that it was discussing. I don't even remember what it was, honestly. Um, but I kind of got distracted by the verse that it was describing that it was pulling this, this out of. And I'm like, I, saw, I went down this whole rabbit trail of this verse and trying to figure out what this verse means and like went into my commentaries and went into my like little blue letter Bible thing (laughs) and pulled apart the Greek words and stuff like type of thing. Uh, I don't don't even remember everything I did. It was just kind of like I went way on this rabbit trail. Oh, it was Guzik commentary. That's where I went. I was looking through the Guzik commentary on it and trying to figure out all the stuff. And meanwhile, I just totally missed the point of the Devo that was really valid and applicable. And um, I think that's what we can do sometimes, even in our Bible studies and stuff. And so Jesus said, you know, you search the scriptures because you think in them you'll have life. These point to me. And I'm not saying this isn't the point of this isn't doing Bible study or not. We should be spending time in the word every single day and really absorbing the word of God. But the point is our focus, right? And am I looking for Jesus and what he has and what he is leading me into and what he's speaking to me through his word. Mm. Am I looking to connect with him or am I um, focused on other things or even focused on other things in my relationship with Jesus? Like if, if, if my relationship with Jesus is all about the things that are stressing me out, mm. it's not really about him as much as it is about those other things. It's mm. when my focus is on him that's when he brings peace, right? Yeah. Like like exactly what you said, that was the Isaiah 26, 3 quote, you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Mm-hmm. It's when, when my heart is attached to the person of Jesus and I'm just looking at him for what he wants to speak, what he wants to do, what he wants to move in my heart, for how the Holy Spirit wants to lead and direct and, and comfort and encourage me. That's when I get the peace that surpasses understanding that it talks about in Philippians chapter 4, And I think so often for me at least, I'm going to God and I'm like, I got this IRS tax bill. (laughs) Like, (laughs) God help me, what am I gonna do? And I'm still I'm I'm like, I'm with God being stressed. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like being anxious about it or whatever it is. And rather than actually just saying, forget that, Mm. lay that thing to the side. I'm gonna spend time with the Lord and let him speak to me about whatever he wants to speak to me about. And And maybe there's nothing that I walk away with that's like, this is the thing for today. Maybe it's just a matter of I sat or I ran or I biked and I got into a place where I just allowed my soul to rest in Jesus, mm. you know? So good.
0: Well, awesome. That brings us to the end of this week. And we got, we got something this Sunday coming up. Um, ah, I forgot what it was. Oh, Easter. It's Easter Sunday, and so <laughs> right? uh, be excited about that. We might take a week off of the podcast. Uh, we'll see how that works, but um, uh, looking forward. We're going to get back into Ephesians next, I think. Yep, Is that right? We will. Yeah. After Easter, yep. Yeah, and so uh, this was great series, and so I just really appreciate you taking time and hearing from the Lord and obeying his voice to to take time on this topic for a few weeks. And uh, man, it's just so good. And I know I'm gonna be coming back to it many times and telling people in counseling sessions, Oh, just go listen to these four teachings. You'll be fine.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll see. I don't know about that, but <laughs> but it's been good. It's been good for me too, just processing some of these things and and laying them out and really thinking through. And I, I like you digging into this section in in First Kings nineteen. It's been really cool to like. Some it's so easy to read scripture and skim over and let our eyes be drawn to certain things, but you yeah. miss you miss some of the stuff that's there that you just wouldn't see otherwise. So it's been cool it, for me too. Yeah. It's almost like. The Bible's like living and active, you know? Like it just, every time
0: you go to it, it's a good way to put
1: it. It's living and, I mean, they should have put that in the Bible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us. We will catch you next time on Unscripted. Thanks for joining us for today's conversation. If you'd like more material from Pastor Nate, you can go to pastornate.com. That's the word pastor, the letter N, and the number 8.com. And for more information about our church, you can connect with us through our website at mountainlife.church. Hope you can join us again next week as we continue the conversation.